Faith that getting us ready for the word of God. Jake was saying, let's just empty ourselves out. That's a, that's a good thing to do during worship. It's hard to have receive anything when you're full, isn't it? So we empty ourselves out so God can pour in and, and then just let our cup run over. Praise God. I appreciate our our church and appreciate our young men that are got that call to preach on their life. They always do such a tremendous job. I appreciate their insight and their their knowledge and their I tell you these these young men they study and they pray and they seek the Lord. And I'm always excited to hear what they've got. Brother Elijah, come preach to us this morning. Let's give him a hand. Praise the Lord, everybody. I believe that God's got something for us today. Um, I'm 100% following the leading of the Holy Ghost today. Um, Ordinarily, I'll just go ahead and level with you. Ordinarily, I'm such a perfectionist whenever it comes to things like this that... uh, but I've got it all. Everything that's going to come across this microphone, I've written it down. I've word for word, I've got it all written down. But today, it's not like that. Um, but I do believe that God has, has placed something on my heart, and so I'm. I don't have it all written down right in front of me. So bear with me. But I believe that God has something on my heart that He wants to get across to you. So, first of all, I'm thankful. For this opportunity, I do, I do not take it lightly. But uh, let's turn to the book of Mark, book of Mark, chapter ten, and verse twenty-seven. Now, before this, Jesus is talking about salvation to his disciples. He's talking to them about how it is hard for someone who has all of their faith put in their possessions to enter into the kingdom of God. That's it's hard for them to lay all that aside and seek Him. It's, it's hard for them to do that. And so they're astonished and they say, well, who can be saved, God? And He says this, And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Today, for just a short time, I'm going to be talking to you about the God of impossible situations. The God of impossible situations. Lift up your hands and pray today. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, for this word that you've placed on my heart. God, I ask you to touch these lips of clay, God. Lord, touch my mind, touch my heart. Lord, help me to be sensitive to your spirit, God, and convey this message flawlessly, Lord, exactly the way that you would have the people receive it, God. Lord, touch every heart, God. Lord, soften every heart, Lord. Let them receive the word, God, that you've put in my heart, God. And I'll be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor, God. It all belongs to you anyway. Jesus. It's all about you, God. Lord, I bless your name today, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated today. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. The God of impossible situations. Impossible is such a heavy word. We don't use it a whole lot. A lot of people don't look at their life and their situation and say, it is impossible for me to do this. It is impossible for this to take place in my life. 
Not a lot of people say that because of the weight of the word impossible. We feel the weight of that word. But unfortunately, there are some synonyms of the word impossible that weigh a little bit less but carry the same consequences. Words like, I can't. I can't do that. It's just not my season. It's not my time. I I can't do this. You're basically saying it is impossible for me to do this. I just can't get out of this situation. I can't escape this sin in my life. I can't. I can't. I can't. And you're saying it's impossible for me. But today, I don't know. If I'm going to be very long, I don't believe that I'm going to be very long. But God has just placed it on my heart to remind us today that nothing is impossible. I don't know what situation you're dealing with today. I don't know what burden you're carrying today. But it is not impossible. And so I'm going to just take a few instances that we have in the Word of God where situations looked impossible. If God was out of the picture, it would have been impossible. And I'm going to bring to our remembrance how amazing our God is. How unstoppable our God is. There is no situation that is impossible for Him. There is nothing that He cannot do. He is the all in all. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is nothing beside Him. He is God and God alone. He is the great Redeemer. He is the one who saved your soul. He is the one who died on that cross and rose again and took death and hell and the keys to death and the grave. He took all that in His hands. There's no one beside Him. So why don't we just start at the very beginning? You can take science. You can look and you can see that it is impossible. To create something from nothing is impossible. It can't happen. That's our argument against atheism. That's our argument against the Big Bang Theory, against evolution. It's impossible. No one's ever seen it. It can't happen. Yet, God stepped into nothing. Stepped off of His throne on high into nothing and spoke And instantly there was light. God created everything that you see around you. He spoke it into existence from physically nothing. And then get this. You're reading the book of Ezekiel. You read about someone named Lucifer. You read about someone who was made in the perfect image of God. Carried all these jewels on his body. He had all these instruments on his body. He walked on the mountain of God. Walked across the coals on the fire. The Bible makes him out to be the chiefest of all the angels. Makes him the highest one. The most beautiful creation that God had ever made. And then this creation got selfish. This creation decided, I want to be like God. I want to be the one who's receiving all this glory. And so as soon as he did, the Bible says... That Jesus beheld Satan cast out of heaven like a lightning bolt. And if that's true at the speed of light, that is 186,000 miles per second that Jesus cast Satan out of heaven. And what did he do next? Something impossible. He spoke into nothing, created the world that you and I see around us. And then he went after he made everything. I don't want to go into everything that he created because we'd be here all day. But he spoke everything into existence. And then he decided, I want to replace that loser that I kicked out of heaven. 
I want, to, I want something else that I can bestow my glory on. I want to build something else that can be a temple of my spirit. And so you know what he did? He went to the lowest thing that he could find on his new creation. He went to the dust of the earth. The dust. And then formed it into clay. All the while, I bet he's looking back at Satan. You see this? The dust. The dust is what I'm replacing you with. But that's another message. Went to the dust of the earth. Informed you and me and said, this is what I'm going to fill my spirit with. This clay. This dirt. And here we are. And we, this dirt, came from dirt. We behold the Spirit of God. We get to see His face. We have favor. We're infilled with His Spirit. He shed His precious blood for dirt. Because He loves us. Look at Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was 99 years old whenever he had his son. 99 years old. That dude was barely walking. (laughs) He's a fab man. 99 years old. And God said, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to make your seed like the stars of the sky and like the sand of the seashore. I'm going to give you more children than anybody else has ever had in the world. And Abraham's like, okay, God. I don't, I don't know how, but I believe you. If God can give a 99-year-old man a son, then he can speak new life into you. I don't know what your situation is. But I guarantee you it's not 99 years old. I don't know what your problem is, what your burden is, what has got you gripped, what you believe. You believe you're dead inside. You don't know if you're going to be able to do what God has called you to do. I don't know what's going on in here, but I guarantee you if God can speak life into a 99-year-old man and defy all physics and science, He can speak life into your situation. He can bring you out of your situation. Look at the children of Israel. Bound in slavery for 430 years. Didn't know anything but building bricks. That's all they knew. They didn't know how to do anything else. And all of a sudden, a champ named Moses came along and decided that he was going to do the work of the Lord. He's going to do what God called him to do, set my people free. And after God plagued them with all kinds of horrible things, Pharaoh finally decided, I've had enough. These people are hurting me. Get them out. Let them go. And then the Bible says something specific. It says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I'm rushing through all these because I know that we know all of these stories. But I'm going to show you how they're impossible. How it is impossible. But God brought them out anyways. God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he came after Israel. He led Israel to where there was a sea in front of them. Mountains on one side, woods on the other side. There was no way out. And an army on the, on the back side. Army behind them coming after him to kill him. And God... Moved in that situation, told Moses, he said, cast your staff into the sea. Stick it into the ground at the seashore. And he sent a wind so strong that it not only divided the waters, it not only separated the waters, but it dried the ground underneath the sea so that the children of Israel could walk across it unhindered, keeping their feet dry. They didn't even get their feet wet. And then drowned the whole army of Egypt in that same sea, so that the children of Israel can escape. Can you, can you see how impossible it was for them to escape that situation? Is your situation more impossible than that? 
Is your situation, God didn't just speak and tell me, Nathaniel, I know exactly what you're going through. I don't know. I don't know what your situations are, but I know what he did here. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. I don't need to know. I know what he did here. I know it's hard. I know it hurts. I know you feel like you're trapped sometimes. I know. I've been there. I understand. But God can bring you out. If he can bring these people across the sea on dry land, then he can bring you out of your situation. He can call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't care what your situation is. If God did it for them, he can do it for you. He can do it. I'm telling you, Daniel, Daniel in the den of lions. Daniel decided, you know what? I don't care if the king says that he's going to kill me if I pray to God. I don't care. I don't care if the whole world decides that praying to God is now a crime. I'm going to pray to God anyways. And he gets sent to a den of lions. (laughs) I'm not walking into a den of lions unless you make me. That's, That's an impossible situation. That, as far as Daniel knew, he trusted God and all, but as far as Daniel knew, he, he might have been talking to God saying, well, I guess that I have done what I'm supposed to do. I suppose this is the end of the road for me. Thank you, God, for leading me this far. I don't know what went through his head. But I, I can tell you this, if you study history, those weren't just some lions that they picked up out of the wild. Those were lions that they kept in captivity and starved them half to death. So whenever anything walked in that cage, they were, they were dead. They were going to eat you. It didn't matter if you were skin and bones. They were starving. You were going to die. And I don't know how it went. I don't know how Daniel walked into that lion's den. I don't know how he did. He probably snuck in there. I guarantee you he did. But I don't know how he slept. I don't know if he did sleep. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he saw an angel down in there whenever he got there. But I do know that the lions kept their mouth shut. I do know that God was in that den with Daniel. I don't know what God has called you to. I don't know where your path is leading you. I don't know how sketchy it looks. I don't know how impossible the path that God has called you to looks. But if God can hand walk Daniel through this den of lions, hold him there as long as he needed to stay there, and then call him back out completely unharmed, he can walk you step by step through your life. Whatever he has called you to do, whatever the call of God is on your life, whatever ministry it is he has put on your life, I promise you that God will hand hold you, walk you through it step by step. If he can get Daniel through a den of lions, he can get you through your life. He will get you through your ministry. He will do it. I promise you that he will. I'm telling you. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I told you, I don't have anything that you don't already know today. I don't have any information that is going to blow your mind today that you don't already know. But I want you to remember who God is. I want you to remember what God is in your life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were threatened with their lives. Whenever Nebuchadnezzar said, anyone who doesn't bow when they hear the music, you got to bow at this big, ugly, 90-foot statue that I built. Because I built it, you're going to bow in front of it. And they were like, nah, bro. I'm not doing it. I don't care if you're going to burn me at the stake or burn me in this big fiery furnace. I don't care. I know that God is able to deliver me out of your hand, whether he does save us from the fire or not. He will save us out of your hand. And then 
Nebuchadnezzar had his men cast three people into that fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar was like, all right, let's move. Where's that guy? Where'd he come from? I see four people in there. Didn't we cast three people in there? That fourth one looks kind of handsome too. He looks like the son of God. I don't know what he's doing in there. I know your situation gets hot sometimes. I know your situation gets hard sometimes. And it feels like there is no way that I'm walking out of this alive. There's no way that I can get out of this. I, I trust you, God. I'm not going to bow. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. But I, I don't know how I'm going to escape this. And God is saying, just, shh, shh, shh. just come with me. Come with me. I'll walk you right into the fire. You ain't even going to smell like smoke. I don't know what your situation is. I what you're dealing with in your life. I'm telling you, I don't have anything profound. I don't know what you're dealing with. But is, is it hotter than a fiery furnace? Is it going to kill you right now? Is your life in danger right now? Then God can still help you. God can still do it. He can still lead you through your situation. I promise you that He can. Look at Jesus. I'm going to get, get down on a, a more personal level. Look at Jesus feeding the multitudes. You got people who decided they were going to forsake their job. They're going to forsake their family. They're going to forsake everything in their life to follow Jesus. I understand that some of you have. Some of you have walked away from family members. Some of you have walked away from jobs. Some of you have done things and made sacrifices in your life to follow Jesus, even when it meant you had nothing left after you did it. And I know sometimes whenever you do that, you feel all alone and you feel like you're starving to death. You feel like you don't have what it takes to continue following Jesus sometimes. But you've got to be aware, this doesn't say that the multitudes went begging to Jesus, saying, we're starving to death. They just were following Him. And Jesus turned and looked and saw, these people are hungry. These people are hungry. I see they're following me, but they need food. They need sustenance. you got to trust that God is looking back at you the whole time you're following Him. It's not a thing of God is walking through your life and you just got to keep up. God is looking back at you. He's, he's saying, all right, Brittany, I know you've started the way. You've started this, this campus ministry. I know it's hard. It's a difficult process. Come on. I'm going to take care of you. It's not, Brittany, keep up. Keep up. That's not the way it is. God is personal. He will take care of you. He will feed you what you need. I promise you. He will take care of you. Look at the lepers that he healed. People who had diseases in their body that was literally eaten away at their flesh. They didn't have anything. They got cast away out of the city because they were unclean. They lost their family. They lost limbs. They lost body parts. They, they had nothing. And then Jesus did something that was impossible. He stepped into their lives, walked up to that leper, and said, I know that you're dirty and you're unclean, but come with me impossible and instead of that virus instead of that leprosy the way that works as soon as you touch it that bacteria that virus flows from the carrier onto you and starts destroying your body Jesus does things backwards he, do, he doesn't do things like that instead of that virus 
taking over Jesus' body and tearing his flesh apart. It was exactly the opposite. As soon as Jesus made contact with that man, then that virtue and that, that holiness, that spirit of God that was on Jesus, it reversed that process and sent that virus running. Sent it running away. Started healing body parts. Started bringing things back. I don't know what you've lost. I don't know what you've lost. I don't, I don't know all the things that have been stripped away from you in your life. Things that hurt. Loved ones that have been taken out of your life. Loved ones that have walked away from you. I don't know all of what you've been through. But God will restore. He will restore. Look at Job's life. Lost everything. Everything. And God restored it. Restored it and multiplied what he had before. And another little tidbit. This one's free. Satan had to ask God's permission to get into Job's life. Job was protected and God said, have you considered my servant Job? If you're losing stuff, if things are being stripped away from your life, loved ones are walking away and your life feels like it's falling apart and you didn't bring it on yourself, it had to go through God. It had to go through God. And whenever he saw that situation coming your way, he said, I know it's hard, but if I have allowed it to get here, that means that you are bigger than it. You are stronger than your adversary. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I know it's hard. I know it's a heavy situation coming on you. But I promise you, you are stronger than your situation is if you just hold on to me. God will take care of you. And he healed the lame. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf. He brought people back to life. Looking at situations where I know this man has never walked in 40 years. I know he's been on this bed for 40 years begging people for money. I don't care. I don't care how long you've been lame. I don't care how long you feel like you haven't been able to accomplish anything. I don't care how long you've been bound. Whenever Jesus steps on the scene, the impossible things become possible. Whenever he steps on the scene, the things that were undoable become doable. The things that you were unable to do, you are able to do. Jesus is a God who works in impossible situations. Now one of the most impossible situations of all. After God stepped into nothing, created everything that you and I see around you, created His new temple, created His new vessel, created His new bearer of the glory of God, that bearer fell. That temple fell short. He sinned. And instead of killing him and starting over, he did something that was impossible. He made a way. He made a way of escape. Maybe 4,000 years or so passed after that first fall, but then something happened. Jesus Christ stepped on the scene. He began to walk this earth for 33 and a half years, three and a half years ministry, doing all of these things that we just talked about, these healings and these, these ministries. And then he walked up to a cross, took it on himself. He took the sin of the world, everything that you've ever done wrong, every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that's ever been committed before you, and every sin that will be committed after you. 
He took it on himself. He took our sicknesses. He took our griefs. He took our transgressions, our iniquities. Everything that we could do wrong. Everything. He took it on himself. Stepped down and walked a perfect life. Something that is impossible. Lived a perfect life. And then took all of our mistakes. Took all of our sins freely. And died on that cross. And buried every single one of them. Buried them. Gave you access to repentance. Gave you access to baptism. Gave you access to His Spirit again. He did something that was impossible. And He saved us from ourselves. He saved us from sin. He saved us. And not only that, but He knew that we would sin again after He did that. He didn't perfect the human race after He died on the cross. He extended mercy. He said, I know that you're going to make mistakes again. I know that you're going to fall short again. But no matter how far you run away, no matter how far you go, no matter how long you ignore my voice, no matter how long you ignore the call, if a man lives his whole life ignoring the things of God, but on his last day turns to repentance, then he will be remembered for his last day, according to the Bible. He extended mercy, endless mercy. So can you see today that nothing is impossible with God? All of these situations should have been impossible. I told you, I don't have anything that is just going to blow your mind. I don't have anything like that today. God didn't give me paragraph after paragraph and and write another book of the Bible. He just said, tell them that nothing is impossible. And so I don't know all of your impossible situations. I don't know. Maybe, Eddie, how many people are in the field? How many people work in the field? Like 15 people? About 15 people? There are 37,606 students that were enrolled to UGA in the fall of 2017. 15 people, that puts you at about 1 to 2,500 people. One person would have to reach 2,500 people in order to see the Spirit of God sweep through that campus and take over. Is that impossible? Not with God. It might look like it's impossible. But it's not. As impossible as it seems, with 15 people sitting there staring down 37,606, it seems impossible. It seems like it's undoable to fill that Sanford Stadium with 93,000 people lifting up praises to God. It seems impossible, like it could never happen, but it's going to. If God can do that, then He can do this. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know what your impossible situation is. I know there are probably just as many people in UNG over those four campuses. There are probably just as many people. Is it impossible to see God sweep revival through these campuses and save our next generation from all the nonsense that is going on in the world around us? Is it impossible? No, it is not impossible. Look at Jesus himself. Whenever Jesus stepped onto the earth 2,000-something years ago, the estimated population was about 300 million people on the earth at that time. According to you know scholars, I can't go back 2,000 years and see that. 
but estimated about 300 million people to one. Jesus was the only man carrying that message until he got his 12 disciples. And that message that Jesus carried 2,000 years ago is alive and thriving today all over the globe. There is... There's revival taking place in places that I don't even know. I don't know all the countries in the world, but there's the Spirit of God does, and He is moving in every single place. He is reaching the lost because one man was obedient. So 1 to 2,500 is so doable whenever Jesus came and did 1 to 300 million. It is so much more doable than you thought it was. Maybe... You've got sin in your heart. I'm coming to a close real quick. I am. Maybe you've got sin in your heart. Maybe you've done things that you wish that nobody would ever know, but you still sit on a church pew every Sunday. It's not that you're backsliding. It's not that you're evil. You just you make mistakes. And you see, seem to keep falling to the same mistakes. Maybe you've got things that are hidden in your heart. And it seems impossible. Maybe you've carried it for a year. Maybe you've carried it for two years. Maybe you've carried it for ten years. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you've carried something with you for so long that it seems like it's just a part of you now. It seems like it's impossible for this and you to be separated. But it's not. Nothing is impossible with God. You can be free from every sin. You can be free from every weight. You can be free. That doesn't mean you won't be tempted anymore, but you can be free from it. You can overcome it. There's nothing that God cannot get you through. Maybe you walked away from God. Maybe you walked away and you did things you shouldn't have done and you wish that you could take them back, but they're, they're a part of your past now. And you think, I don't know. I, I was called by God in my youth. Whenever I was younger, God called me to do this, but after all I've done, I don't know if I can do that anymore. God called me to do something for Him. He called me to preach. He called me to teach. He called me to witness. I I don't know if I can do that with this baggage that I've carried. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can. You can. You can. Can't is a cuss word. You can. Eliminate can't from your vocabulary. Eliminate it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can't does not exist in God's house. It is nothing is impossible. I can do all things. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't know your situation. I wish that I did. I wish that I could help you. I wish that I could walk right up to you and say, you know, X is happening in your life. X is happening in your life. And God wants you to know this. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you carried in here with you today. But I do know who was here waiting on you and knew that you would walk through those doors. God knows all. He can do all. If you are here, you were supposed to be here. If you are sitting in this place or standing in this place, God knew 2,000 years ago that you would be standing in this place today and said, I'm going to give my blood. I'm going to shed my blood. I'm going to shed my tears. I'm going to die so that he can be okay. So that she can be okay in Restoration Apostolic Church in 2018. If you take anything from what I have said today, nothing that you are facing can kill you. Nothing that you are facing can take you out. Nothing that you are facing is stronger than you are because He that is in you is greater than your situation. 
You can do it. You can overcome it. You can be better. So as I close today, these altars are going to be open. I know that I don't know your situation. I don't know your impossibility. I don't know what is impossible in your life. It might be something small. It might be something like cancer. Maybe you got cancer in your family. It might be something huge that looks impossible. It might just be a test that's coming up at school that looks like it's impossible. Impossible applies all across the board, but so does the blood of Jesus. Impossible applies to all kinds of situations in your life, big and small, but the name of Jesus is greater than any other name that you can spout out of your mouth. The name of Jesus is greater. So I want you today to put your focus on Jesus. And I want you to grab your impossibility by the throat. I ain't playing. Whatever your impossibility is, whatever your situation is that has been holding you captive, I don't care if it's had you bound for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I want you to take authority in the Holy Ghost right now and turn around and grab your situation. And whether it wants to come down to the altar or not, whether you're sitting there thinking, I don't know if the altar is the place for me, that's impossibility. I want you to take your impossibility by the throat and step down to these altars with your eyes on the king and hand it over hand it over and your life will change things will be different these altars are open lift up your hands lift up your voices come on and receive the promise that is unto you every time I turn around he's making a way every time I turn around he's making a way
you grab somebody by the hand and you look at them maybe you know what they're going through maybe you don't so just to cover it say I don't know everything you're facing but I know God's going to make a way I know it ain't impossible with the Lord I wish you'd grab somebody and speak a word of faith and begin to pray with them and pray faith and deliverance to them right now in the name of Jesus pray for God to speak Make something out of nothing. In the name of Jesus. Every time I turn around, he's making a way. Every time I turn around, he's making a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I turn around, he's making a way. Every time I turn around, he's making see you done turn loose everybody's hand I want you to get something get you a partner right quick and I want you to tell them we're going to lift those hands up like we've been doing 
because we're in this together, but I want you to tell them something. I'm going to watch God come through for you. Sister Sabrina, come up, bring your partners with you. Come on. Want some of you ladies to, to gather around Sister Sabrina and pray. And want you to shout and rejoice with her. I want you to tell her, I'm going to watch God come through for you. Come on, tell your buddy, tell your neighbor, tell your wife, tell your kid. I'm going to watch God come through for you. I'm going to watch God work a miracle for you. It might seem impossible, but God can do the impossible. In the name of Jesus, Lord, this nation in this building today. Lord, this miracle in this building today. Come on, he's making a way. Come on, he's making a way. He's not make a way come on clap your hands and give a shout to God don't doubt believe him trust him be thankful to him God will do what he said he'll do praise the Lord you know that's a he said it wasn't nothing profound 
ain't got to be, does it? To be effective. It was effective. A reminder. A booster shot, maybe. Oh, I needed that. I needed that little little kick in my faith. Sometimes God will kick you in the faith, won't he? Get moving, buddy. Don't forget who I am. Don't forget what I've done. Oh, if I delivered you, if I've saved you, if I've washed you, if I've filled you, then there ain't nothing else that I can't do. I can do it all. Praise God. The age-old question was reminded of a message I preached back in 2013 this morning. The answer to the hard question. One place of Scripture asked the question, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is still the same. No. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. So ask Him the hard questions. Can you deliver from this? Can you heal this? Can you save this? He'll always say, Yeah, I can. Because He's the master of it all. He can do it. Brother Elijah, great word today, my friend. Wonderful reminder. Of, encourage our faith today. Encourage us in this house today. Lift one another up. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. And we're going we're gonna to watch God do a miracle in your life. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. God's good. We love you. You can be dismissed today in the name of Jesus. We'll see you tomorrow night, Monday night prayer, 7 o'clock.